Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dustin Jackson. Dustin, how's it going? I'm doing great, Mitch, although you look more like a Leonard Steak Charmer than a Mitchell Wolf. You know, I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> what's interesting about that thing that you just said is that we actually played Telltale Texas Hold'em this week. Wow. That was totally yeah. unrelated. <laughs> um, for the listener at home, I don't really know what kind of episode you're into. Um, as in, like, what episode this is going to be and whether it's going to be the one you're into. Um, because there's just, it, there's less to talk about here. There's definitely some stuff to talk about. And we're going to get deep in the weeds. But yeah. every episode of Sam and Max so far has been this long like socio-political adventure <laughs> um and this is this is really much more of just what it says on the tin this is some cards yeah it, it's about as basic as it gets <laughs> yeah so um i was also promised <laughs> that dustin had a video for me i don't know when he wants to bring that up but at some point, we're going to be live watching a video together that I have been assured is less than one minute because any longer, and that really doesn't work for an audio-only medium. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we will eventually be breaking into some videos, so get excited for that. I'm, I can't wait. It's, it's, I will wait. I'll try to resist until the right time, but I can't wait. <laughs> I'm re I Dustin, you've built it up. I really am excited about this video. <laughs> um it, and if I don't like the video, I'm excited for the experience of finally getting to watch it because this has been what is this, three days now talking about this video? Yeah, yeah. See the thing is <laughs> I like the video and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Great. Um I I guess let's just go down the laundry list of important laundry list, grocery list. Laundry sack. Those what are both. What's good the laundry metaphor? I don't know. The, <laughs> the list of important details about the game. The full name of the game is Telltale Texas Hold'em. I thought for a while that it was Telltales apostrophe s Texas Hold'em, but it is not. It is a poker game where you play against four opponents named Harry Wein. Not Harry Weinstein. <laughs> uh harry something boris crinkle theodore Dudebro, and grandma shaky uh boris crinkle being notable because he returns as leonard steak charmer in sam and max save the world yeah and which is cool we already have some sort of connection to this game yeah the game came out in february of 2005 february 11th 2005 the tagline for the game was poker with personality which <laughs> sure um yeah it came out only physically at first on pcc drum so that that is interesting to me because that means that this was sold in regular stores just in in a best buy you would go around and you'd pick up your telltale texas hold'em that's so crazy to me. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, even right now, it barely feels like <laughs> like a digital download game. Yeah. 
um, something interesting is that PC Zone Magazine, and I saw multiple websites reference this, PC Zone <laughs> Magazine gave Telltale Texas Hold'em the honor of being Indie Game of the Month in July of 2005, which is interesting because that's about six months after the game came out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what PC Zone Magazine's release schedule was like. It's possible that it wasn't monthly, but also it's indie game of the month. So I'm guessing it was monthly. Um, I was already floored when they said it won indie game of the month, but the fact that it was six months after it came out, I this I love this story. <laughs> it's Harry Winehead, by the way. I just Winehead. Yeah, uh, okay. Harry Weinstein is the disgraced movie guy. That is uh, him. So I'm glad that it's not him. Um, we can you, still enjoy this one. Well, speaking of enjoying this one, you've been dropping some subtle hints that you don't. So I, I want to hear about it, Dustin. Okay. What's your relationship with this game? I have mixed thoughts on this game because I'll, I'll come clean. I played this game for the first time about an hour ago. <laughs> Okay, I, had I, did, never... I played it for the first time yesterday, and I thought I was slacking, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, did you win? No, I lost, and then I exited out. I just said, that's enough. And then I, <laughs> then I watched some videos of it on YouTube to get more of the gist of it. I played enough times to figure out how to sort of game the system, and then I beat it. Um, okay and that's i i would have played more but i didn't want to keep you waiting to record this so i said i'll just i'll just watch more and see what happens if you win that's fine i don't think that you really missed out on too much Um, (laughs) oh i i know i didn't (laughs) it's rude dustin you're you're feeling rude today i know i know and i don't mean to be rude because like i said my thoughts on this game are mixed i i don't think it's great I don't think it's anything about it is very good, except well, give, for the fact that it works. Give me a positive. Why is it mixed instead of just negative? Well, the good is that this is a very this was Telltale's first game. I like seeing Telltale's first game. I think it's very interesting seeing their humble beginnings. I'm going to use a different uh, game series just as a comparison. Uh, Mitch, you've heard of the Ratchet and Clank video games? I have. That first Ratchet and Clank game is arguably the worst in the series, but I like it more than like one or two others in the series just because I think it's very interesting seeing like this is like the pilot episode of Telltale Games. Uh, And I think that's very fascinating, even if not a whole lot in the game is very good. I'm sure it, it was better for the time it came out back in 2005. I mean, it won Best Indie Game of the Month. Yeah, six months after it came out. So it even had like a tail. (laughs) That's true. And like the thing is, I don't think a lot about this game is good, but I'm also understanding of it. Like I'm it's it's their first game. I'm not going to say this was supposed to be the masterpiece game, the best game ever made. Uh, But I don't think there's a whole lot of things in it that are good. I think the fact that it works as a poker game, like, it's just the same as Poker Night at the Inventory. So it's functional, it works, and it's a fun enough time if you like poker. But, like, 
the dialogue isn't very funny. It doesn't look good. The character designs are uh, horrifying. Uh, but I, in a weird way, I like that about it. I like that it's so rough. It it lends to that, this is our first job feeling of it. So it's not good, but I like it because it's not good. Yeah, so when Telltale Games was formed in 2004, it was a public event. It was a very public um, leaving of LucasArts. The, uh-huh. the whole situation was well known, like exactly what happened. They were kicked off of Sam and Max Freelance Police, and they wanted to make their own studio to make adventure games like they used to, but was no longer like the moneymaker for LucasArts, so they couldn't do it there anymore. Uh, So that was known about Telltale Games. So it wasn't like a studio was just putting out their first game and like, hey, maybe this will be our thing, trying to wager a a certain amount of success on Telltale Texas Hold'em. They understood this would not be like the thing that made them. Right. Uh, And and for that reason, I think it's kind of cooler that way. Yeah, I agree. And wasn't like the point of it was so they could test like facial animations and... uh see if they can get, like, expressive characters in these games. Yeah. Um, when Telltale Games was formed, they hinted publicly that they would release, in in quotes, a mini-game or two before the announcement of their first big adventure game. And it turned out just to be one mini-game, and it was this. And also, this was developed for Two more purposes. It was the first outing of the Telltale Tool, which is the engine that every single Telltale game from then on would be developed within until their dying day. Um, and it was <laughs> it, it's credited as maybe being the reason their dying day came when it did. Um, yeah, <laughs> because you know it was definitely it was exciting and new and powerful for 2005, and then. Every year that passed, it showed its age a little bit more. And the later Telltale games are known for being especially buggy due to this. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another reason it was developed is even though it was released on CD-ROMs in stores, uh, this was done by Telltale to... I'm using a quote here again from the Adventure Gamers website to examine the benefits of digital distribution Mm. back when it was sort of unproven that that could be a way you sell games interesting okay um in general i kind of agree with everything you said about this game though (laughs) it's 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 a little rough it's uh yeah I, i i don't want to rake it over the coals for it it's totally understandable yeah but in in terms of roughness like when i hear a video game is rough i get I don't have the same excitement about that as I do for when I hear maybe a movie is rough or a book is rough. Because when, I, when I'm when i reading or watching a thing, I just sort of wait till the end of it. And then I'll have seen it. And if it was rough, it's like, well, you know, it's I, I just had to sit through it. I, it was really no skin off my back. Uh, with a video game, you have to play it actively. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't get excited about bad games the same way I get excited about bad movies. That said, this one, really at its core, isn't a bad game because it's it's Texas Hold'em and it totally works the way 
Texas Hold'em should. In terms of yeah. Texas Hold'em simulators, there is nothing wrong with it. It is a perfect simulation of Texas Hold'em. And, uh, yeah. you know, that game is already proven from a design yeah, game, perspective. Gameplay-wise, it's uh, it's good. It's functional. And I, I guess at the end of the day, that's the important part. Yeah. Um, I think the spin, if you were to say, like, so what's the point of this game? Is the fact that you have these four very characterful, dialogueful characters in what would otherwise be a simulation-based game. Sort of a weird thing at the time, something that you probably wouldn't see around, and it would eventually become Telltale's focus as a game developer to have all these, like, high, high character characters, if that's a phrase. Um, but I these, <laughs> it is these characters I expected more jokes these did not do anything for me I had one I had one that kind of made me smirk and that was it but it doesn't help that they don't really even talk that much they like barely say I was playing for at least 15 minutes and I got like a couple lines they really don't even talk much really I I, I mean, like I mean, they they, they say, <laughs> I mean, they say stuff like "I'll fold," "I'll call," "blah blah blah," but like, I only got like a couple like interactions between them. You know, like in Poker Night at the Inventory, you would have characters like constantly talking to one another. I got only like a couple where they would have conversations. Yeah, this has this game has sort of made me rethink Poker Night at the Inventory, and it, it's made me think, hey, you know what? Why aren't there more than four characters in these games <laughs> that could just like randomly swap out? Um, so you're always against a certain combination of four. Because really, what's what's the point of these games <laughs> if it's not the the dialogue? Because you're not you're not really. I would argue you are not as the player having that much fun with the poker part of this game. Yeah, and that's that's what I like about the Poker Night games. It's not the poker part, it's the character part. And here, you get four original characters you have no connection to, except one, and then none of the dialogue is very funny, so what are you left with? Um, I do have one line of dialogue also that I really like. Um, so I'm I'm wondering if it's the same... If we have the same good line of dialogue written down. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I want to know what it is. What was your line? Okay, so Theodore Dudebro, in an interaction with Grandma Shaky, says, Yo, Grandma, how much you weigh, bro? Uh, <laughs> and, and I love that. And <laughs> I love that that's just who that character is. To... How much you weigh, bro? How much you weigh, bro? <laughs> okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it that. Interestingly and, uh, enough, I did not have the same line, but it was between the same two characters. Oh, cool! What did what did your characters say? Um. So, uh, Theodore Dudebro says, uh... "Oh no!" It starts with Grandma Shaky. She says, uh, "Theodore, you remind me of my third husband." And he says, "Isn't he dead?" And she says, "Well, that is his best quality." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, that kind of made me chuckle a little to myself. Um okay, I actually lied. I have I have 
Well, I have I, sheets and sheets of funny lines. <laughs> I have one more actually funny line, but everything writ- else I've written down is just like information that I've gathered because of what they've talked about. Here's here's okay. a here's an information bit I've gotten. Grandma Shaky's first husband died because he was licked to death by a cat who thought he was an oversized bull of tuna. <laughs> licked to death. Licked to the ends of the earth by a cat <laughs> who thought he was an oversized bull of tuna. How does that happen? Well, the cat thought he was an oversized bull. I don't know how many times I can explain this. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, and then just more more little tidbits here. Uh, Grandma is apparently going through the whole tournament heavily sedated. Um, Boris Crinkle's mom, apparently, rather than being dead, it's possible that she just went to the kitchen. Um, <laughs> uh Harry Winehead uh, waxes his bo- uh, his bow tie. He waxes oh. his bow tie for vanity. I did get that one. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and the the uh, the only other funny line is, uh, and you will you might not agree <laughs> that this is a funny <laughs> line. Uh, is Harry Winehead asks Boris. Uh, crinkle in the middle of the game hey what do you do and boris because he has these anger management issues he goes like, what, what 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 do you care what, what do you mean what do i do i don't it's none of your business why what do you do and then uh harry winehead says root beer i'm in the root beer business and then that's it uh, <laughs> <laughs> that and that's the end of it that's the end of it he's in the root beer business i thought that was a funny thing <laughs> Yeah. I'm kind of I'm chuckling I'm chuckling. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's what I got in terms of character interactions. Um, Theodore Dude Bro is a dude bro, which I don't know if <laughs> I would have known that term as commonly in the year 2005. That seems cutting edge. That yeah, that seems like a modern day thing. That seems like an yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, Grandma Shaky is a shaky grandmother. <laughs> Boris is Boris Crinkle's thing is that he has mother issues because his mother is either dead or in the other room, and he also has anger management problems, which is, um, I think, a well of comedy that comedians think knows no bounds. But I think also we may have seen the bounds on a angry guy. Uh, like like just how funny that can be Um, i think it's been done i think people have been angry before yeah like three stooges you know bonking on heads that might have been (laughs) the height of the angry man comedy all all downhill from there (laughs) comedy in general has been and harry winehead (laughs) um he's well, he's in the root beer business. <laughs> <laughs> That's his character trait. Yeah, he he seems a lot more just like a regular guy than the other three to me. Um, he's he struck me as kind of high class, uh, f- fancy kind of. Yeah. Um. I, in the process of learning how to play the game enough to win the game. Hmm. Uh. I found out that they also seem to have and i don't know if i'm making this up 
or if they actually have it. But they seem to have reliable poker strategies that are different from one another. Interesting. Yeah, tell, did, tell did me. you catch on this at all? I kind of felt like it kind of felt like there was a pattern both in what I was playing and uh what I was watching on YouTube. Uh tell me what your findings are. So Theodore Ted, dude bro. Mm-hmm. Um his pattern seems to be really high bets. Um he goes all in more often than the rest of the game. Um He's just playing hot and loose, and I don't think he cares very much. Like, that's the idea that they're trying to put across with his poker hand, that he's just he's just going for it. And he, you know, no skin off that, his back if he loses. That does sound right to me, because both when I was playing and in the YouTube video I was watching, he was out, like, a lot sooner than everyone else. Yeah, he was the first one I beat, too. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. The next one I beat was... Boris Crinkle, who seems to like be very much much like his anger management thing, he's going to be very reserved unless you bet high, and in which case you can bait him to go all in really easily. Um, hmm. So like he's he's quick to react, and sometimes that'll, I mean, almost always that's a bad thing for him to do. Yeah. Um, In- that that's interesting because for me when i was playing he won <laughs> wow he won the whole tournament well i didn't stick around to see the whole tournament but then oh, in the video i hand? watched he won. yeah like that was more on me than him but it seemed like both from that and from the video i watched he was doing pretty reliably well yeah i think that his strategy of of just being reactionary has the greatest chance of losing the hand out of all four of them, but when he wins, he does really well because he's he like puts up all this um, bet that people have to match. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, he he did seem like he was willing to uh, call bets more often than the others. Yeah, he was definitely willing to call bets. Um, also, though, if He's going at the very beginning. He seems to be more willing to fold to get out of there because he's mad at his cards. <laughs> um, so that, that's sort Boris. of an interesting thing. Um, I eventually, when I when I finally beat the tournament, it was against Grandma Shaky as the last one. But I don't think she's by any means the best player. The th- reason she just sticks around is because she folds extremely often. She's very reluctant. Um, like that's her deal. She's just a folder. She can play it pretty uh, smart. She well, knows when to fold them. She knows when to fold them, and also some of the other times when she shouldn't, she just also does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she she's so I don't know if that's playing smart, and that's just playing. Uh, it's too safe. It it's well, it caused her to lose, so I guess it isn't safe. But it's uh, it, it's reluctant to act. Whereas all right, all right. Harry Winehead, I think, is just the best poker player. I, I don't know if he has much of a strategy that's unique to his character other than the idea that he just is good at it compared to the other three players. <laughs> that That's that's just it. He's good. Yeah, and, unless you've noticed anything specific about Harry. Not really. It was more just uh, the first two. 
the other the other two i wasn't quite uh as sure on okay i feel like if i played more i probably would have caught on i feel like if i play more i would realize that most of these are just made up in my head and that (laughs) they're just random yeah maybe they're just all the same algorithm for for choosing what they do i would not be surprised at all uh it just it feels like they have individual betting personalities but um you know, I played for one hour. Who who am I to test this kind of thing? That's a long time to play this game. Yeah, well, you know what? I I thought about it. So, PC Zone said Indie Game of the Month in July 2005, which, as we've noted already, is not when it came out. But <laughs> um, that's three years before what is regularly noted as the Indie Game Boom of 2008 that is largely attached to games like castle crashers and braid coming out on Mm -hmm. the xbox live arcade store um and and that that sort of propelled indie games into what we know them as today so to see a magazine like pc zone which i can't actually tell you if that's a big magazine or not uh have a dedicated (laughs) section to indie games in that year, in 2005, using the word indie, not even independent, uh, mm. is interesting to me. And I think the fact that this game won might just be a, a sign that... Sign of the times. That indie games were so few and far between that the fact that a few people made this in a small group is more interesting than, uh, you know, that the quality of it. Like, oh, this is an indie game. This is That's interesting for now. That's a, that's a yeah. weird thing. Yeah, I I think that's what my opinion comes down to. It's more interesting than it is good, which which is fine. <laughs> I, I I think that's a perfect way to describe it, and I think that alone gives it enough credit that it's worth taking a look at. Yeah, because this game is credited as the game that got Telltale the CSI and Bone licenses, which are the next three games that they made and those games got telltale the sam and max license um that's crazy so this is like people looked at this and they were like okay we trust you now this is the thing that convinced us and (laughs) telltale texas Hold'em, and poker night at the inventory is a sequel to this game so yeah this game spawned two sequels got the licenses for uh two maybe three different uh, license that they made full big adventure games out of this really did d- despite not being that big of a um footnote on the company's history this did kickstart them this is the yeah. thing mm-hmm. and it, it is what it is it's just a game about playing texas hold'em it's it's the little game that could yeah unless you have anything else um for the specific gameplay that you want to talk about dustin it's poker (laughs) okay Uh, (laughs) why don't we get into that video is it time yes i think it is time so uh the other day when i loaded up a video of telltale texas hold'em this was before i actually played the game uh i noticed that the character of theodore dude bro really just from the moment I laid eyes on him, reminded me of this video I saw almost a decade ago that I had not seen since, but have 
in the last few days watched 20 or 30 times. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll I'll link it to you now. It, okay. It's made by someone named Liam Lynch. I don't know if you've heard of Liam Lynch before, but he made uh, he has a podcast called Lynchland. He uh, co-created the MTV show uh, The Siffle and Ollie Show, which is one of my favorite shows ever made. Um, and you know he's done other things here and there, but uh, I haven't heard of any of these things, but I am excited. Yeah, so he made this for his podcast a while ago. He did like a video podcast back in the mid two thousands. Okay. And this is a video that was on it called Toe Base Ace. Okay, so I'm seeing Toe Base Ace in parentheses Liam Lynch is the name of the video in case you want to watch at home. Yeah. Um, You can pause now and pull this up and we'll watch it together. I'll count down from five and then start the video. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So it's 48 seconds long. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm going to go you can, five. You can tell from... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go five, four, three, two, one, go, and then press play. And then I'm going to watch it, okay? Okay, that sounds great. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this guy's really playing the bass. Yeah. Huh. And he's got a good face for when he plays the bass. <laughs> he does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great, and that was it. Um, that was Tobey's so, ace. Those guys reminded me of uh, Theodore Dudebro, and that's why I brought it up. Wow. <laughs> I've been talking about that for days now for you listeners. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you I was so, ex- I was so that, excited. Like, is, that is related to Telltale Texas Hold'em, which... Okay, I I take issue with that. Like even at the beginning, <laughs> I I said to be fair, I said it was slightly related. I didn't say it was one hundred percent connected. It's zero. It's zero related. It's not. <laughs> to me, the connection is that these guys look like. As soon as I saw Theodore Dudebro, I thought of these guys, and it reminded me of this video I hadn't seen in years. I love. I do like Tobase Ace's face when he's playing <laughs> yeah. the bass. Look yeah, it's toes. great. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand necessarily his uh, his sock situation. <laughs> it seems sucks. like the the tactile relationship like... between the toes and the bass strings would be important for the playing of the bass. I like uh, his hair. Yeah. Well, and... thanks, Dustin. Uh, I, yeah, that did kill some time. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you you owe me one for that, but you're welcome. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'll get you next time. Um, you know, speaking of things that Theodore Dudebro reminded us of, um, I thought for a moment, like, is this Mordecai's voice from Regular Show? Um, oh, uh, JG Quintel. Yeah, is it? And then, like, I, I thought, no, there's no way. Um, but I, I wouldn't, 
Okay, well, go on. I watched through the credits, and guess who is credited as playing Theodore Dudebro? Who is credited? Himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last answer I would have expected to hear. <laughs> All of the other ones have their, like, regular voice actor names by them, and then Theodore Dudebro as himself. That is unhelpful. <laughs> yeah, it is unhelpful. Uh, I love sure it, I'm sure the information is out there, but, um... <laughs> that, that's, probably, that's probably the only answer you could have given that I would have laughed that hard at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, uh i have in my notes it's literally it literally is just poker night but not as good well okay so i have not played poker night at the inventory since it came out i didn't play two and when i played poker night one i didn't play it for very long is there mm. any gameplay mechanics in the game that aren't texas hold'em is there anything else that you do um oh it's been so long since i played the first one uh i don't think so in the first the only thing i know is you can the players will sometimes like bet items that you can win like collectibles um like max will uh bet his pistol for one Um, can you use it is there any use for that i think you unlock stuff in team fortress 2 cool (laughs) so in in that game no (laughs) that's the worst but but in two uh I believe there's gameplay mechanics where you can order uh, drinks. You can order alcoholic drinks for the players. And I think if you, like, order enough, they'll start slipping up more. They'll start, like, uh, doing high bets. They'll start playing more erratically. Oh, but that comes out of your money to do that? It it costs a little bit. You Yeah, you can buy a drink for anyone at the table. That's great. Is that the one that Sam is in, too? Yeah, Mm -hmm. i think that one's a little better um mainly the only downside is strong bad isn't in that one strong bad is a big uh plus for the first one but the thing is in the first one only max is there there's no sam but in two both sam and max are there sam plays and max walks around the lobby and is just part of all the conversations with him yeah not to i mean because we'll get to it uh, mm. not not to spend that much time on it but it seems like um maybe for my money poker night one would be the sweet spot because i really like the celebration of other telltale games because telltale doesn't really get to have anything like a smash brother well, because telltale doesn't own those st- those uh characters right but the thing is in tell in poker night one only two of them are telltale uh, it's Max and Strong Bad and... Max, Strong Bad, The Heavy, and then Tycho from Penny Arcade, the comic. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Heavy still makes sense with the connection to Valve, which was yeah. strong at the time between Telltale and Valve. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Tycho from Penny Arcade, wow. The, yeah, what a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. What a, not, what a not the best. choice not designed for longevity. And and he's voiced by the guy who voiced Max in the first episode of Sam and Max. Interesting. I would have assumed he'd be voiced by Tycho. Yeah, you'd think, but no. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like a guy. <laughs> that's just yeah. a guy in real life. <laughs> um, and then Poker Night 2 had Sam, 
And then uh, the guy from Venture Brothers. Yeah, Brock Sampson from Venture Brothers and then Ash Williams from uh, the Evil Dead series and Claptrap from Borderlands. And wow, then yeah. uh, no, I the still dealer. Like <laughs> I still like that <laughs> lineup way less. The dealer is um, GLaDOS from Portal. That's cool. Yeah. The, the, so Venture Brothers, I, I haven't seen very much of it. I know I should watch it. Um, and I've, I think that it's cool, but I still don't think it really fits this. And then Ash Williams from The Evil Dead, I absolutely do not like as a choice. Well, the thing about Brock from Venture Brothers is I think at the time Adult Swim was having more uh, tie-ins with Valve, not necessarily Telltale. But, like, I think Adult Swim, yeah, at the time was doing a lot of Team Fortress 2 stuff, so it might have just come from, we're, we're already talking with Valve, we've got GLaDOS in there, let's, uh, maybe they can hook us up with Adult Swim. Uh, I remember at the time hearing, uh, me and my friends were saying it would be cool if they did a Venture Brothers game because of that. It was like, oh, maybe they did this because they're coming out with a Venture Brothers game. But no, they never did. They didn't do that. You know, I would not be surprised if it was on the table, a Venture Brothers game. Yeah. It seems like they're sort of au revoir. But Venture Brothers, even compared to some of the weirder things that Telltale made games about, Venture Brothers seems much more niche even than that. Yeah. Like, I was talking to uh, my roommate Andrew the other day. Uh, so that show, Venture Brothers, recently got canceled by Adult Swim, and it sucks that it got canceled, but it's also the least surprising thing in the world, because it's, like, the most niche audience imaginable. It's it's niche, but, like, you always hear, when any when anyone talks about that show, and it's not unknown, people love it. People love it to yeah. death. No, the quality is there. It's a wonderful show, but, like, it's just so steeped in its own lore and and uh, connective tissues and stuff that it's a hard show for newcomers to get in. So one of the creators like joked that it doesn't gain fans. It only loses old fans. Yeah. Because and, like, like it itself is a sequel show to something else, right? No. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was. Well, no, it's its own thing, but like it's kind of tied into Johnny quest because there's Johnny quest characters in it, but I don't think it's necessarily the, the thing about venture brothers is it's, its lore is that it's based on a scientist who had a show as a kid. He was kind of a Johnny Test equivalent son to a scientist who had a TV show. Uh, but that show wasn't a real show. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Wait, is, is C-Lab not related to it? C-Lab is not in any way related okay, to Venture Okay, that Brothers was a now. misconception I had. I thought C-Lab... And Venture Brothers were in some way connected, but uh, do you understand why I would have that misconception? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> then it's not it's not fair on them then. Well, well, they're they're both Adult Swim, I guess. Like, if you have a very passing uh, knowledge of the two shows, I could see it. I think of myself as someone who watched a lot of Adult Swim growing up, and I still oh, then... find myself on the fringes of Adult Swim. Like, anytime Adult Swim comes up in conversation i'm still like how did i watch this much of it and not know like anything about anything <laughs> well you know they had a whole ton of shows they so did. i mm -hmm. and c lab and venture brothers are both pretty early ones so like maybe you came in after them it's possible, it's or, possible. or at least 
C-Lab, because Venture Brothers was going up until, like, last year. Yeah, that's been our Venture Brothers side discussion (laughs) for the Telltale Texas Hold'em episode. Yeah, sorry everyone, there's not a whole lot to say about (laughs) Telltale Texas Hold'em. I've got two more pieces of information. Three more. Three more. Uh, And two of them are related to what I found in the credits when I was looking for the voice actor of Theodore Dudebro, which was, (laughs) as I brought up earlier, an empty pursuit. (laughs) That's Um, very funny. The first one is, I thought that Jared Emerson Johnson did the music because I had heard somewhere that he just did all of the Telltale games. And I guess it makes sense that this early, especially when we found out that he was that young when he did Sam and Max season one, mm-hmm. um, he might not have already been there. Uh, and he wasn't, even though it definitely sounds a little bit like his style. So I'm wondering if um, maybe he's basing his Sam and Max style a little bit, just a little bit, not that much in tone, just more in musicality off of what Telltale had already done in Texas Hold'em. Interesting. Um, I would not be surprised, but also I would not be surprised if that wasn't true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The composer for this game is Jerry Logos, and it's played by Jerry Logos and the Pier 23 Reunion Band. I assume Pier 23 is a San Francisco thing. They have a lot of numbered piers up there. Um, I used to live there, and I don't anymore. Um, But I don't know why a pier would have a reunion band. Um, I assume Pier 23 was once a band, and this is another one. Um, But yeah, Jerry Logos did a pretty good job. It's spelled the same way as Heather Logos, who is at Telltale Games at this time. Dude, uh, you, you can tell because there's only like 15 people at Telltale Games and they're all lumped together in the beginning of the credits. So I'm wondering <laughs> if this is Heather's either brother or husband or cousin or something. And that's how they knew Jerry Logos for the music for this game. Interesting. I, I do like the the music. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's two songs. How, yeah, but they're both good songs. It might be three. Um, but yeah, they're, it's just a couple. They are good yeah. songs. They're, they're good for what they are supposed to do. Exactly. Like they're, they're not like the, they don't blow me away. These amazing songs, but for like music for a poker game, a telltale Texas Hold'em game, uh, it's good. I enjoy it. It, it soothes me. Yeah, you know the weird thing about this game is that we're sort of saying it's nothing and that you don't need to play it. That said. It's so cheap on Steam, and it takes so fast to get through it. I actually do kind of recommend it. I th- I think you should check go check it out. I I agree. It, it's ninety nine cents, and it's interesting to see like their first game. Yeah, and uh, figuring out how to play the game for me was enjoyable. I really like just working my way through uh, sort of sort of uh, like procedure based games. Like, what is the way to go through this and. This is yeah. definitely that kind of thing. I think for me, uh, so, so the thing is, I've already played like a ton of Poker Night 1 and 2. So I feel like if I hadn't played those, I would have stuck with it a little longer. But the fact that I just played those so much, and this is basically the exact same, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I don't need to play this anymore. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I have one note. Okay. Um, so you mentioned Artie Flop Shark, or maybe maybe that was before the show when you were looking. I think it was just before the show started. Yeah, we have Artie yeah, Flop so Shark. Artie Flop Flop Shark is kind of billed as like this. Is he meant to be, like, this great poker player? He's kind of presenting you with, like, the tutorial and conceptualizing everything. And people in the game bring him up. They're like, oh, I hope Artie Cut- Flopshark doesn't see this. Yeah, so um, Boris Crinkle brings up that he was taught by Artie Flopshark how to play cards. And he is the perspective from which the rules section on the main menu of the game is written. Right. Uh, the reason I bring up Artie uh, Flop Shark is because I was looking at the wiki page for this. I didn't remember this, but in Poker Night 1, it says uh, you can get a rank, which is Artie Flop Shark, and then in parentheses, deceased. Whoa, that's a that's like a title you can have? <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess Artie Flop Shark is dead. <laughs> wow, what a what a twist for him. There's lore. It's part of the story. It's part of the Telltale world. Yeah, the the shared Telltale universe. <laughs> I technically you could make that with the Poker Night games. You could say they have a spot. Well, I guess in the same way Smash Brothers. You can't say like all of these games are connected, but yeah, but also like Smash Brothers. And this is a this is a Smash Brothers fringe thing to talk about. Apparently, <laughs> Smash is canon to the Kid Icarus series. Um, As it should be. It should just be canon to all of them. It's fun. Well, I think there's something to the the idea that it's canon only to one of them. Uh, like, all of those characters are Kid Icarus characters. Banjo and Kazooie are Kid Icarus characters. Mario's a Kid Icarus character. Joker from Persona 5 is a character in the world of Kid Icarus. But not the other way around. And none of the other adventures are necessarily canon like the other games that like persona 5 itself is probably not canon to kid icarus but joker from it is in kid icarus the universe um so i mean that's weird but i think that sort of connects to the 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 telltale poker trilogy including this game and both poker nights and Sam and Max, because it seems like all of the characters in these games are canon to Sam and Max, and not necessarily backwards. Okay. That that's my read on it. Do you have a different read on it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, but I guess, I guess it makes sense since uh these aren't the only things Sam and Max has crossed over with, uh because. Well, I mean, these are the things Telltale Sam and Max has crossed over with. But if you take the comics into account, they've crossed over with Star Wars. They've crossed over with Indiana Jones, uh, Monkey Island. Uh, I like the idea that uh, all of these are canon to Sam and Max. Yeah, they're in the Benang universe. (laughs) The perfect name for it. So Artie Flopshark was my last note. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm glad we got it. That was more of a natural way to bring it up than I had. So, let's Oh, thank you. Let's see indie game of the month. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. I have one more thing written down, 
which is okay. that the host of this game, and I don't mean this from his identity perspective. I just mean it from his acting perspective, the gravitas he's bringing to the game. He's just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know I, what I, I mean, mean, I'll be on. I wrote down in my notes, I just wrote down, wow, that voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's not all bad, but I wouldn't say any of it is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's in stark contrast to the actual players, because I think their voice acting is, while not exceptional, very presentational. It's at least, you know, those are characters' voices. Those yeah. are... They're, they don't break character. They f- sound like they were recorded in a sound studio by people who are paid to do it. And the host of the game sounds about as good as, like, you or I could bust out unprompted within the next, like, one minute. Yeah. Uh, like, if we just took a run at it, we would be instantly about as good as the guy who hosts <laughs> Telltale Texas Hold'em. Yeah, we can't hold it against him. Sure. I, that wasn't what I was going to bring up. <laughs> the, the holding <laughs> against of it. But you're right. We can't do that. It wouldn't be fair. Um, you're right. But he is. he just seems to be a guy, which is great. It kind of reminds me of, of uh, Rare's early games where you'd have some voice actors who were like, oh, yeah, you're really putting your all into this. And then the other is like, I'm a programmer from down the hall. And you can kind of, <laughs> you can definitely tell. Um, yeah, that's Telltale Texas Hold'em. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be fair. I think we got a lot more out of this than I thought we were going to get in this episode. Granted, a good portion of it was talking about like Venture Brothers and Poker Night One and Smash <laughs> yeah. Brothers. Yeah, but... just talking about Kid Icarus and Canon <laughs> of Smash Brothers, like anything that not have to actually talk about poker. When are we going to get uh, Boris Crinkle in Smash Brothers? He's the one you'd choose? <laughs> I think so. He's the one who went on to be in Sam and Max. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the... <laughs> I almost said he's the Leonard Steak Charmer of the group. <laughs> <laughs> you would be right. <laughs> um, you know, you know there's, something, there's something about Harry Winehead, despite saying earlier that he has no personality he's got sort of a mischievous bit about him that would want that makes me want him to be the one okay (laughs) he just shows up he doesn't really have any attacks so to speak he just sort of shows up and says "Hmm, what are you playing uh smash brothers i'm in the root beer business I happen to be in the root beer business. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like Hero. You can have all four in one slot, and they just use uh, card attacks. Uh, oh, you know what is an interesting thing that I can buy us a little time with? What? <laughs> uh, Telltale Texas Hold'em, out of the 140 episodes of video games that Telltale put out, holds a distinction with only two other games, which are... Um, Nelson Tether's Puzzle Agent and Puzzle Agent 2 as the only games in Telltale's catalog that they own 100% of. There's no licensing to be done. Um, It's all original Telltale characters. That's true. Only those three games. 
Wow. That said... Only three out of 140. <laughs> yeah, that said, even the two Puzzle Agent games are based on the artwork of Graham Annabelle, who goes by Grickle. And mm-hmm. while there are no established Grickle characters it's taking from, it's just taking the art style and sort of making a game around it, I would I would wonder if Graham Annabelle and Telltale would have to get together for some sort of licensing agreement to do more Nelson Tethers games. Uh, so really, it might just be this one. It might actually, this <laughs> might be the only game that they own 100% of the characters for. Wow. And I'll say this, I I kind of like these characters for that reason. Like, the dialogue isn't good, they don't look good, they're not funny, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, they have a sort of shitty charm to them. It sucks that them. they're probably never going to be seen ever again. <laughs> uh. No, it, it's it. I that sounds harsh when I say it, but I mean it in like you know how Hanna Barbera sucks. They don't have very good characters or shows or anything. Well, you say like that, Yogi Bear. Like, people, no one people at least know Yogi. You know. Yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. I I think the characters in this have a shitty charm to them, like that. Where like Yogi Bear isn't a good character. But you, but he's likable. They, it's I like Hanna Barbera stuff because it's not very good. It's kind of crummy, but that gives it a sort of likable charm to it, and that's kind of how I feel about this game and its characters. You know, it was a really weird awakening for me when I actually watched the Flintstones in earnest for the first time. I was like a <laughs> like maybe fourteen, fifteen. I'd seen it on, but I, I was just like you know one of the old cartoons to me. It wasn't something uh-huh. I cared about. Um, and because I had seen Yogi Bear also and like other Hanna-Barbera things and other Tex Avery things. And I was just thinking like, yeah, these are these were probably like knocking people's socks off at the time. But like the, the humor maybe didn't translate for me. And then I watched Flintstones and I was like, wait, that was like a real show. What, are, are these other ones just actually that much worse? That <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting that you put the Flintstones above like Tex Avery shorts and stuff. Well, t- I I would also go back and certain Tex Avery things are good. Um, yeah, not all of them. I I would say mm-hmm. is that fair to an animator like you? Would is that a fair thing to say? I mean, I mean, I think that's just how it is with anything. Not everything's gonna knock it out of the park. Sure, sure. I I think some of the some of the shorts. I don't really get much out of because if the if like the point of it is just hey I'm animating some like silly action. Um, Look, the wolf thinks the lady's hot, and then he goes aru. He does say aruga, and that's good. <laughs> that's good in any language in any decade. But but then you see the mouse get hit by the frying pan, and his face stretches, and I'm wondering like, <laughs> is that comedy? Is that what comedy is? <laughs> that's very rude. You should not be hitting that mouse. <laughs> Hey, how was that podcast? So here's here's the thing at home you might not know about podcasts, and that's that they are super duper scraggly and thrown together at the last minute. You might be able to tell from the way I'm speaking now and how it might sound a little bit different than my audio quality from before. Uh, this is well after, days after. Dustin and I recorded the rest of the podcast. I'm coming to you now because 
in the middle of describing that mouse getting hit by a frying pan thing that I did and Dustin liked, and I'm sure it's going to be a new inside hit joke for our podcast for years to come, my power went out. All of the power in the nearby area of my house actually went out for many hours, for like six hours, out of the blue, unexpected. I almost lost all of the recording from my end of this podcast. It was almost going to be something that, like Dustin and I talked about, um, we were kind of freaking out about it. We were going to have maybe a half-hour diversion in the next episode, which is about Bone, by the way. Bone out from Boneville, so get on that. Um, We were going to talk about (laughs) Telltale Texas Hold'em for just a couple minutes to, you know, say that we covered it. But neither of us were really happy about that. So the fact that I was eventually able to recover the audio is a miracle, and it's uh, it's good. We weren't really going to talk about anything else. We, I'm sure, as you could tell from the quality of, you know, the rest of the podcast, we were about done. <laughs> uh, we 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 were stretching it out even to the point that we got. So let's just wrap it up. Let's say again, if you're playing along with us at home. The next episode of the podcast is going to be about Telltale's first Bone game, which is also their first adventure game, period. It's called Bone Out from Boneville. It's hard to get a hold of, and in the next episode of the podcast, we'll tell you how we were able to play it, which is, it's the first episode we've done where figuring out how to play the game is not immediately obvious. And uh, we'll see you then. In the meantime, please follow Dustin on Twitter at the amazing DJ Dustin, and follow me on Twitter at the Wolf FM. That's T H E W O L F E F M. And until next time, see ya. Did you just lose like all of it? <laughs> hey, that's not great. <laughs>